You're listening to the Quince podcast. The buzziest word over the past 24 hours has been net zero. And it is because India, in a significant first, has pledged that it will cut emissions to net zero by 2070, a target which may be far from ideal but still transformative. The announcement, accompanied by four other climate-related targets, was announced by Prime Minister Narendra Modi at the 26th UN Conference of the Parties, or better known as COP26, on 1st November. And the announcement came as a surprise to many given that India, up until just a few days ago, rejected all global pressures to announce such a commitment. In his speech, PM Modi emphasized the collective need for being environmentally conscious and reducing mindless destruction. Here is a snippet of what he said. collective participation lifestyle for environment, life ये एनवायरमेंटल कॉन्शियस लाइफस्टाइल का एक मास मूवमेंट बन सकता है आज आवश्यकता है माइंडलेस और डिस्ट्रक्टिव कंजम्पशन के बजाय माइंडफुल और डेलिबरेट यूटिलाइजेशन Along with net zero pledge India has promised to increase its installed renewable capacity and the share of non-fossil fuel energy sources from 40% to 50% by 2030 now, all these commitments do sound great as pledges, but how substantive are they in nature? And with a significantly later net zero deadline than many other countries, have we set ourselves an ambitious enough target or have we left just enough wiggle room to get by? Are these pledges another set of low-hanging fruit or will they have any real impact on the climate? To analyze India's new climate commitments, for this episode, we spoke with Anjal Prakash, who is a research director and associate professor at Bharti Institute of Public Policy at Indian School of Business and an IPCC author. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Himmat. Just to be clear, net zero does not mean zero carbon emissions. It means that a country's emissions are absorbed by carbon sequestration and also cutting down on greenhouse gas emissions as much as possible and balancing out any that remain by removing any equivalent amount. So far, more than 130 countries have joined the net zero group, with the US, the UK and many other developed nations opting for a 2050 goal and others like China, Saudi Arabia and Russia pledging to a 2060 goal. But why has it become the talk of the town? And why is it important that every country, especially developed countries and big emitters like India, achieve it? Here is Anjal Prakash, the Research Director and Associate Professor at Bharti Institute of Public Policy at Indian School of Business and an IPCC author on why achieving net zero is not only important but necessary. So to explain it in very simple term, net zero implies an equilibrium between greenhouse gas emission generated and the government's policies and endeavours in lowering the emission. This process uh, balances the emission and the mitigation efforts by offsetting carbon footprints to zero or negative. 
so it's very important for countries to pledge for achieving net zero because uh, you know the global warming that uh, uh, you know the, that we uh, are looking at at this moment uh, we had earlier predicted that the global warming uh, will be about 1.5 degree from the pre industrial age uh, which will achieve by end of uh, the century but uh, based on the uh, recent data that we have we see that uh, only by you know next 20 uh, years is this uh, you know the earth was going to be warmed up to 1.5 degree we already have warmed up for 1.18 degree at this moment and that means the uh, path to 1.5 degree is uh, is not very far it's not definitely at the end of century and then now we are talking about 2 degree warming uh, no keeping the warming to 2 degree from the pre industrial age now why it is important because each fraction of warming uh, is contributing to uh, a global climate change and that is impacting on uh, lives of the people through uh, for example increased cyclone uh, you know increased incidences of climate uh, led uh, uh, extreme events like like high precipitation event um, it would also lead to heat waves and these are the issues which which will be you know coming and it becomes going to be in an order of the day and that's why it's very very important for us to keep the earth's temperature below 1.5 degree so is 2070 an ambitious target for india is a target nearly 50 years down the line challenging enough to give the dire and rapid need for climate action well it sure has impressed some environmentalists back at home with arunaba ghosh the ceo of council for energy environment and water stating that cotton coat india has clearly put the ball in the court of the developed world and that cotton coat this is real climate action arthi khosla director of climate trends a delhi based climate change communications initiative stated that cotton coat india has responded positively to the global call and that cotton coat it was the best climate action in glasgow One of the key reasons why it has been lauded by many experts is because, in comparison with other emitters like the US, a highly populated country like India, its emissions per capita is much much lower. According to a BBC report, in 2019, India emitted 1.9 tons of CO2 per head, compared to 15.5 tons for the US and 12.5 tons for Russia that year. And PM Modi also reiterated India's low contribution to emissions at COP26 as well. However, Mr. Prakash believes that India could achieve the targets by 2060, and the cost of pushing the deadline for a further 10 years could result in more climate catastrophes. Frankly speaking, I'm slightly disappointed with this target because I think India can achieve, uh, uh, you know, net zero by 2060, if not by 2050. And this is because uh, we have seen that the, uh, in, uh, you know, a lot of people they opine that India cannot afford to commit for this ambitious target as it would seriously impact our growth and the economy. and industry this is also in the uh, process that industrialization has achieved economic freedom which india is yet to accomplish uh, and this argument is flawed i feel because it has uh, is also increased emission means increased climate event and india in its limited economic resources the vast population that we have the rapid growing economy and also uh, we have increased climate risk in many many sectors for example the himalayan glaciers are retreating ra- rapidly uh, leading to flood in many river systems in north india uh, you already see the you know kind of a increase in the uh, uh, frequency and the severity of cyclones so india has uh, is at the receiving end of the climate catastrophe as if i could say Uh, i would say that india can achieve uh, by 2060 itself and the certain measures have already been taken um, uh, which is in the path of net zero and i'll give you some example in february this year india submitted to uh, this third biannual report to unfccc and the data reported there is quite promising i would say 
between 2005 and 2016, India's emission intensity of gross domestic product it decreased by 24 percent. As a result, uh, voluntary goal of reducing the uh, emission intensity uh, of GDP by 20 to 25 percent from 2005 levels, which was met. And also it has much earlier than the target of 2020. So India on many fronts already ahead of the terms uh, of not only target, but also in terms of its policy and pro program. Uh, however, these uh, you know efforts are not without any challenges, uh, and and then then we see that the climate finance issues also come up. Um, according to the estimates given by UNFCCC, India would need approximately 206 billion dollars between 2005 to 2030 for the implementation of its adaptation plan. Uh, so most of these resources are made through domestic sources, where a business can and where you know uh, also through taxation process but uh, this is an additional cost for india and i think the climate finance comes in very handy for us if there's a you know international agreement um, of the 100 billion dollar per year is what uh, the west has uh, the industrialized nation has actually um, uh, pledged if that money comes to, uh, comes forward we will be you know um, having our net zero commitment much faster rate than what we have at this moment Let's also now look at some of the other pledges that India made, starting with the 1 billion emissions cut by 2030. Now, what is standing in the way in achieving those targets, however, is India's heavy reliance on coal for energy. And according to a BBC investigation, India does not want to give up coal anytime soon. According to that report, which is based on a set of leaked documents, India, along with other countries like Saudi Arabia and Australia, have been lobbying the UN to downplay the need to completely move away from fossil fuels, especially in the future IPCC reports. And India does not want to give up coal for good reason, since it contributes 70% of energy generation and remains a lifeline for many in rural India. Add to that is India's rapid economic growth driven by its reliance on fossil fuels. But at COP26, India pledged to reduce 1 billion tons of emissions by 2030. As per a World Resources Institute report, India's total greenhouse gas emissions in 2018 was 3.3 billion tons. And emissions are projected to rise above 4 billion tons per year by 2030. At this growth rate, we could be emitting 40 billion tons by 2030. So, how significant will a 1 billion ton cut in emissions be? Mr. Prakash says that when it comes to cutting carbon emissions, it needs to be taken at a global scale to understand its significance. So, you have to look at this, uh, this from the global perspective also. Look at what is happening in other part of the world. When it comes to per capita emission of carbon dioxide, India's share is very small. It's about 1.9 ton per person annually. Uh, for China, it is 7.38. Uh, uh, the top per capita emitters uh, are the all-rich uh, Middle East nation. Uh, Qatar has 37.29. Um, you know, uh, Canada has 18.5. USA has 18.6. So uh, even South Korea has a higher per capita emission than China. Uh, so and these figures are you know on uh, at par with what European Union's figures about 7.16. So I look at it uh, you know in terms of the global what we call the carbon space the is not equitable. So uh, first uh, is this the per capita emission which is happening in other parts of the world. I think that also needs to be looked into when it comes to India's commitment. Uh, definitely we'll do our best, but we also have because I'll, you know if you are. Uh, thinking of uh, uh, looking at this from the uh, from the emission uh, perspective, we also have to then cut a lot of our development uh, project because the climate finance is not you know coming as much as it should have, and that means we have to divert our development program budget to uh, cutting emissions, and that's something which is really difficult uh, for for Indians. 
another significant commitment which India made was increasing the share of its non-fossil fuel energy sources to 50% by 2030 and increasing its non-fossil fuel capacity to 500 gigawatts by 2030 as well. However, this ambitious target may not be achieved given that India is way behind its 2022 targets of installing a total capacity of 175 gigawatts. And according to a report by the Institute for Energy Economics and Financial Analysis, the capacity stands at 7 gigawatts as of March 2021. And the target for increasing the share of non-fossil fuel energy sources or increasing renewable energy to 50% may also fall short. According to that report, India was supposed to install 100 gigawatts of solar energy capacity by March 2023. But as of 31st July, it has only managed 43.94 gigawatts in total. And a target that India is failing to achieve since 2015 is its forestry target of creating more carbon sinks by afforestation. Incidentally, PM Modi did not mention India's progress in this target. India had pledged in the 2015 Paris Agreement to plant trees over an area the size of West Bengal, Bihar and Jharkhand combined to create carbon absorption areas or carbon sinks. This would amount to 25 to 30 billion hectares of land by 2030. However, an Article 14 report points out that this pledge was taken without any scientific basis nor is there any publicly available document that states why this pledge was taken. So, are carbon sinks effective? And if this is a significant pledge, is India focusing on the right path to achieve it? Mr. Prakash, phase in. IPCC reports are quite global in nature. So India will be one data point there. Uh, but it has, uh, in the past, what we have noted is that India's NDC goal under the forest sector has intent to uh, create additional carbon sinks about two. 0.5 to about 3 billion tons of carbon dioxide. This is equivalent through additional forest and tree cover by 2030. So this has been noted. Uh, the baseline year is decided uh, as about 200, 2015 in order to quant quantify India's forestry target to be achieved by 2030. Now, some of the recent program by state governments are encouraging. For example, Harita Haram program in Telangana. Um, you know, they, you have a massive uh, tree afforestation program, a tree planting plantation program called Riksharopan Jandandandalan, which has been carried out by UP, Uttar Pradesh. Uh, they have planted 30 crore trees. Uh, and I recently attended a conclave, uh, UP's uh, climate conclave, where, uh, you know, we could see that uh, there is not only focus on plantation, but it's also on, on, uh, on survival of these plants. Uh, sapling which has been happening so i feel that india is doing a lot uh, though uh, there's a lot to be desired but i i guess uh, we need to uh, focus on five points here uh, one is about the ndc target which must be distributed uh, to the states and union territories based on the non-forestry areas and the forestry covers that's number one Second is, I think the carbon neutrality policy should be promoted at the national and state level, which will help in uh, improving quality and health of forest and also provide fair compensation to the forest dwelling communities. Here, the forest dwelling communities are very, very important stakeholders. The third point I would like to focus is on reduction in emission through adaptation and carbon sequestration, um, which should be considered for achieving the, India, uh, the NDC target. And uh, this will be achieved by about 2.5 to 3 billion tons of carbon dioxide. The fourth point is on agroforestry, which is a huge potential to contribute towards achieving India's uh, NDC target. And the uh, fifth point is about innovative finance mechanism through carbon market, which could be established. Uh, and, and I think some negotiations are going to happen in COP26, uh, where uh, we will try and see that then, you know, that, that process probably would also help us funding our own afforestation program. 
India's climate pledges at COP26 are a significant step up. But are pledges and promises enough given the harsh reality of climate change that the country has been witnessing in the past few months? If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website. And for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint website and check out our other podcasts. 